You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Oscar Brown Jr. In this chapter of Destination Freedom Black Radio Days, we hear the ballad of Satchel Paige. Over Lookout Mountain, his feet were a-treadin', and ahead of his feet the tails started spreadin'. About a pitching man over six feet tall who learned to throw the atomic ball, Satchel Paige. Next on Destination Freedom, 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 Freedom. Welcome to Destination Freedom Black Radio Days podcast, a copyrighted program of No Credits Production LLC. I'm producer director Donnie L. Betts. From time to time, we'd like to share with you one of our shows from our archives. Here's a special one. Leroy Robert Satchel Page was an American professional baseball pitcher who played in the Negro Baseball League and also Major League Baseball, MLB as is known. His career spanned five decades and he was inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. He pitched professionally, starting with semi-professional Mobile Tigers and also the Chattanooga Black Lookouts, his Negro Southern League, and also he had a real unique thing that he did. On town tours across the United States, Page would sometimes have his infielders sit down behind him and then routinely strike out the whole side. At age 42, in 1948, Page made his debut for the Cleveland Indians. To this day, that makes him the oldest debut in the National League or the American League history. He was 59 years old when he played his last Major League Baseball game. Next on Destination Freedom, Satchel Page. Destination Freedom. When the story of America's national sport is written, there has got to be one in it in a chapter from the fabulous career of world champion Cleveland Indians pitching ace Satchel Page. Today, Destination Freedom will play that chapter entitled The Ballad of Satchel Page. Nobody knows when he first played on a baseball field. Some people say put out season when old Julius tried to steal. Some say he learned about curves watching Anthony Cleopatra. And ain't no truth in the story that this was his catcher. Oh, Satchel. Oh, Satchel Page. Nobody dared bother about his age. Case history of a legend starts this way. Mobile, 
A kid named Leroy paid room like a tumbleweed through the streets. Pitched bricks at tin cans on back fences when he played hooky from Oakdale High back near the bay. Struck out scrawny kids in the sandlot ball games. Built a pitching arm and played against pro players who strolled down to the rough side of town and sent them scaring off with wild tales of a kid who had a baseball train like a hawk. <laughs> Said he could tear the heart out of home plate. Stood six feet three in his stocking feet. Could bend back like a bamboo Could dust the ash off or smoke a cigar with a brick at 60 feet <laughs> And when he was 16 summers old He heard about a baseball team in Chattanooga That was open to Negro ball players. And one hot night he pointed his long lean side 14s toward Tennessee And he went a trading over Lookout Mountain Down toward the ballpark in the valley Tales went a spreading ahead of him Over Lookout Mountain His feet were treading Ahead of his feet, the tails were spreading. Not a pitcher's man over six feet tall. Learned how to throw an atomic ball. The Chattanooga Tavern sat to gangling. Look out, Park, where he was angling. Now, baseball boss, his name was Bailey. Had heard the tales, he argued daily. With his coat, Sam, they were not true. But the Pope just grinned. There was something he knew. He turned to boss Bailey to say something sage. They say that's the way he came down on Chattanooga Ballpark. He walked on the field, walked around the field, walked across the field, stopped in front of Boss Bailey. Hey, Coach. Yes, sir, Mr. Bailey. Uh, who is this scarecrow? His name is Paige. He pitches. These hicks have more fair stories about ball players than the law allows. Don't know a baseball from a sweet potato. Boy? Page is the name, Leroy Page. And what might be your profession? I'm a pitcher, like he said. I need a pitcher, but you ain't the one. Well, I can catch and, and bat. The only catcher bat I ever hired be Josh Gibson. You Josh Gibson? No, sir. Who recommended you anyhow? Folks around here, mostly. I got a surprising kind of pitching, they'd say. They say that now, I look, can... Look, kid. Professional baseball ain't no game for you. I knew you grew up reading about Casey at bat instead of your rightful nursery rhymes. Right now, you ain't even a decent juvenile delinquent. Now, blow. I'd, I'd like to help your team. Best way is to get a job on our rival's team. Now, beat it. Now, now just a minute, Mr. Bailey. Yeah. Now, I own part of the stock of this team, too, now, don't I? What are you getting at? Well, they, they say this kid here can pitch. You say that to say what? Well, I bet you my share of the team stock against yours that he'll do all right in a trial. <laughs> oh, sure. Soft-hearted, soft-headed coach. If you take stock in tall tales, I shouldn't mind taking over your stock in this team. All right, Sage or Cage or whatever you they call you. Grab a glove and go up to the bullpen and warm up. Don't need no warming up, mister. I stay hot. Don't even know the psychology of the game. Well, see if you can find your way up to the mound. All right, sir, I'll... Do my best. Coach, tell all the players to knock off and stand around. I'm going to see that this hit gets his feel of baseball. Get me Hank. Oh, sure, sure, Chief. Hey, Hank! Home run, Hank! Boss, won't you? What's pitching, boss? 
That screwball on the mound there wants to give somebody a batting practice. <laughs> Obliging, will you? I'll shoot line drive straight at his head, boss. <laughs> you just play with him somewhat. Give the team a little relaxation. <laughs> sure, boss. I know just what he needs. That hick needs a pitching good fit. and Give it to him. Go give that hick a pitching good fit. That was old man's cry. Knock the pitcher out of his box and I'll laugh until I die. Coachman went to the dugout and dug up the team's best catcher. Then for safety first, he met the satchel and went and caught a stretcher. But the young satchel stood on the mound, one arm on his hip, other dangled near the ground. And the ball players laughed, <laughs> like had a fit, while the catcher put on his guard and grabbed his mitt. Hey, come on, pitch up now, quit stalling. Yeah, come on, pitch. I'll show you why they call me. Pitch it up. Don't worry about it. Come on, come on. Show something. Oh, Satchel, Satchel. They all called. Let's have that first bolt pitch. So he picked up the ball, jumped the cowhide itch. While the players nudged each other, just waited to see the hit. Because Hank was known to give any pitcher a good wild batting fit. And Satchel like a stick of bamboo, looked like a hairpin, pin or a standing horseshoe. One long foot kicked a hole in the sky, the other held the ground. Then he must have pitched a blazing ball, cause there was a whistling sound. What happened? The bamboo stick had straightened up and he stood still and surveyed the damage. They say the batter had been knocked down by the breeze and the catcher, he was stone cold from the impact of the ball. All right, all right, stop standing around with your, your jibs loose. One of these here sudden Tennessee cyclones just passes all. Now help that catch up off the, uh, to his feet there. Now kid, pitch and don't wait till a freak wind blast to help you. They helped the stricken batter, gave him a gentle shove. Got another catcher, put a pillar in his glove. Then young Satch went back to the mound and been way, way back. Brought the ball up from the ground. It happened again. Catch a knocked out cold by the impact. There's a cyclone around here. The weatherman should have warned us. Wasn't no wind, Mr. Bailey. And he's got a cannon in his pocket. He ain't even got a slingshot. Every human's human. I set up another batter and, and then a catcher. We'll try one more time. They set him up again like two ten pins. They gave him special guards against the whirling wind. Young Satch just turned and went back to the mound. Kicked at the sky, and then he unwound. They set up batters like ten pins in a bowling alley, and it struck them down till the sun went down over Lookout Mountain. And the coach knew he had won a team, and he had a player with the power of twenty-two men who could pitch like, like, like. Well, he wasn't quite exactly human. The players cried around, and the wily coach told the best old catcher to analyze that pitch. Coach say, uh, me and you gonna work together, Mr. Page. Yeah, we're, 
We'll be working for you from now on, Mr. Page. <laughs> <laughs> Just call me Satchel, boys. Well, uh, what I'm saying is uh, I'm your catcher, and, and we've got to get an uh, understanding of each other. Yeah? Uh, a pitcher and a catcher got to, you know, get along like a, a doctor and a nurse. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Uh, got to understand each other's signals. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't mind telling me, seeing as uh, I don't want your trade secrets, uh, yeah, you, you understand, uh, I just want to know what I'm entitled to know. Yeah, sure. Then uh, tell me, what kind of ball do you pitch? What kind? I mean, like, like say, some pitchers got, well, a curveball, y- yeah. a knuckleball, mm-hmm. a jump ball, drop ball, beam ball, you see? Yeah. Now, give me a list of the kind of balls you'll be pitching so I can learn how to signal for you. Well, I'll tell you about the balls I throw. Yeah. One's fast. Yeah. And the other's faster. Well, the catcher looked up and heard Satchel say, Maybe someday when I'm old and gray, there'll be other balls I have to master. Now all I need is one fast and another faster. Didn't have no curve. Didn't have no drop. Just one blazing ball, the batters couldn't stop. Oh, Satchel, oh, yes. Satchel Page. Oh, Satchel Page. Oh, Satchel Built the pitch in the atomic gauge. Lean as a greyhound and tall as a tree. He was a pitcher of history. Oh, Satchel. Oh, Satchel. Oh, Satchel they said they put him on the Tennessee team, put a uniform on his back, nail spikes on to his 14s, sent him pitching around the Southern Circuit. Umpires in New Orleans, Memphis, Houston, Birmingham, Atlanta, Jackson, Tallahassee, and Macon watched his blazing pitch and put out their reports. Strike three, batters out! They say he had them all singing the same tune, week in, week out, year in, year out. And they put up a poster that said, Satchel Page is pitching here tonight. Strike three, take him away. Batters beware, batters hide, batters beware. Strike three, next batter. Strike three, you're out. And people would come from miles around to see him pitch. As he moved from team to team, he'd uh, hit the town of Pittsburgh, and a guy named Gus Greenley saw the gold dust dripping off his long willowy right arm and called him in, asked him to sign an odd contract. You'll pitch your arm off in that sudden circuit. Never get nowhere. I got a proposition for you. What's your pitch? My team, the Pittsburgh Crawfords, lost the best batter in the country, Josh Gibson. Josh Gibson, huh? Gone to the Homestead Grace. I need you because you pitch like he bats. Nobody ever seen you banged out of the box. Now with that kind of reputation that you're building up, you'll draw a hundred grand a year. I'd like to meet this guy, Gibson. Listen, take my advice. When you see him at bat, you let some other sucker pitch. You've been winning 49 out of 50 games. All that proves is you ain't human. But you meet Josh Gibson. And- I never met a batter I couldn't strike out, sooner or later. If I have anything to say about it, you'll never meet that one. Now you play it safe. Let's barnstorm right. He barnstormed about the whole country, Josh Gibson on his mind. He went moving down batters, mowing down them. 
like an assembly line. He frisked the lineups of 40 teams in 40 days, pitched shutouts, and in one game struck out 23 men. Wept cause the other seven fouled out. <laughs> they say that young Satch ran into Chicago to play a hot series game, and his manager stopped him in the dugout. Hey, uh, Satch. Yeah? Uh, the team we're playing's imported a special batter. Special batter? Hope I don't hurt his feelings by striking him out. I hope he don't hurt your reputation. That reputation's worth 100000 a year to me. I can't afford to have it hurt. Me neither. That's why I strike him out. Satch, that special bat is Josh Gibson. I've been waiting a long time for him. Now listen, they write songs about his hitting like they write songs about your pitching. You stay in the dugout. I'm putting in a sub. I can't spoil your record. What about his? Yours is worth more. I never duck no batter, and I ain't ducking this one. Let me loosen my arm up on this kind of hitter. I I'll learn more. I ain't letting you pitch this game. It's either this game or no game. All right. Go to your slaughter, you little lamb. Walked out on the field and headed toward the mound. Looked up to the bleachers. Everybody was in town. Fans hung off the rafters. Fans stood on the roof. The test was paid, regardless. Josh Gibson was good, and he swung a heavy bat. And when he hit the ball, it was no loving pat. Old Satch leaned back and gave the folks a show. And straightened up and let his lightning go. Strike one! Watch that well-trained ball go by. Setch wound up again to deliver another blow. That something happened. It hadn't happened before. Oh, 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 Josh just went and crawled around the park. Knew they wouldn't find that ball until way after dawn. Oh, Satchel. Oh, Satchel. Crowd jumped up and roared like a peal of thunder. Old Josh Gibson got me a number. Oh, Satchel. They say the long shutout record of Satchel stopped. And the manager, who never quite believed young Satch was human, called him aside and said, You ain't the phenomenon I've been advertising. How do you explain yourself? Well, just proves I'm human. They say the next time he pitched to old Josh Gibson, it was in the park in Chicago. He let three men get on base just to get to Killer Gibson. When he came up to plate, Satch called out to him. Hey! Josh! Hey, Satch! I'm striking you out with three straight balls! Ain't no man who human can do that. The first one will be fast! Strike one! The next one's fast! Strike two! This one's faster! 
And Bedlam broke out in the boxes like measles. The crowd threw so many straw hats out on the field it took 20 attendants two hours to clean them away. Ten cops beat back the congratulators. Two doctors fixed Satch's hand bones. He broke through handshaking. And he went traveling on and pitched against the big league batters in all-star games. He caught Hack Wilson in Pasadena, struck him out six times straight. In Chicago, he sought out Babe Herman, and the Babe never got to first base. Ted Williams swung out like blind man in Brooklyn. <laughs> he cut down Lord Wayne in Pittsburgh and struck out Joe DiMaggio in San Diego. Yes, sir. He dueled with Dizzy Dean up and down the West Coast and took him 11 out of 12 games. Picked out a kid named Bob Fellow an hour, taught him every trick in the trade, and sent him up to the majors. And one pre-war year, Satchel knocked at the gates of the major leagues. But the scout shook a sad head. Uh, if you had been with the Cubs, the Sox, the Senators, you could have won many a pennant for them. And some of them teams ain't seen no part of a pennant in years. But they still won't take you. Uh, people keep pushing against the Jim Crow door. It'll crack wide open one of these days. I hope you'll still be around. Scouts kept coming around and scouting. Not one of them was doubting. Into the major leagues, those sats would go. Once they got rid of that guy, Jim Crow. And he kept traveling the circuit of the Negro League. Played with the Baltimore Black Barons, the Cleveland Brown Bears, the Nashville Elite Giants, and the Kansas City Monarchs. Got so that the touts followed him around the country, gave guarantees that he ran like fables. The great Satchel Page is a pitching inside this park, folks. I bet four to one he guaranteed strike out the first three batters. And he looked back over his shoulder and seen that the first inning was over and the three batters had already swung out like rusty gates and he called. Oh, did I say the first three batters, folks? <laughs> Five to one, Satchel's guaranteed to strike out the first six. First six! And when Satchel sent down the next three, the Tartars would hear the ump's report. Strike three, batter out! And in Greece, they're guaranteed. <laughs> and I see the first six. I guarantee he'll strike out the first nine. Guaranteed, folks. A guilt edge guarantee. Get your tickets right here. Guaranteed to strike out nine men. They say he kept traveling and the guarantees kept growing. One season an hour, he struck out so many men, the outfielders were scared they'd be jailed for vagrancy, lording around in the ballparks with nothing to do. <laughs> he pitched north in the summer, south in the winters, and Latin American in the falls. He pitched all season, and his seasons lasted 12 months straight. And one winter season on a ball field in the high hills in Mexico City, he was practicing some new pitches for his repertoire while his coach speculated. Changing your whole style of pitching, huh? Yeah, think I'll ease up on my speedball, throwing curves, drops, and a few fools. Curves like this. Only it won't curve. Looks all right to me. Funny. I didn't have no trouble curving it back in the States. Watch your arm. You've been curving that ball for hours. Maybe it's the air. I ain't stopping till I get it to curve like a corkscrew. Way up on the mountain high. 
couldn't throw a curve no matter how hard he tried. Old Satch woke up one mountain morning. He couldn't lift his arm to scratch his head. His pitching arm seemed like a piece of lead. All right, Doc. You've been studying my x-rays all day. What's wrong with my arm? Uh, he's hard to explain. But can I pitch again? Never. Here is what has happened. Many Mexican ball players make the same mistake. I am no baseball expert, but, uh, well... But pitch it, Doc. It takes a certain density of the air to make the curveball curve. That is, the spin on the curveball sets up a counter-reaction in the air, which causes it to waver somewhat. Is that it? Keep on. When the air is as thin as in the Mexico mountains, a pitcher can throw his arm off trying to set up these air reactions. Nothing will happen, except he can ruin, dislocate the important parts of his body. In yours, an infection has set in. I advise, Senor Page, rest. Plenty of rest. I can't get up on that mound again? If you do not want them to bury you under it, stay off it. Hang up your glove. Forget the itch to pitch. If you don't want to be buried in a grave dribble ditch, oh, Satchel, listen, and he sat stone still. But he made up his mind to do the doctor's will. I'll go join the monarchs in Kansas City. I'll just be a coach, and that's a pity. For that'll be the end of me. Yes, that'll be the end of me. Oh, Satchel. Oh, Satchel. Oh, Satchel Page. They say the batters came out of hiding from Houston to Honolulu and had a field day. They say the pitchers from Pittsburgh to Panama went in mourning as Satch went coaching for the Monarchs. And for a long time, nobody could make his long, lean fingers touch a ball. Nobody, except the boys he visited one day in a hospital ward in San Diego. They'd just come from Okinawa. They asked the government to send Satchel Page round, and he came. They sent him to the soldiers to bring him good cheer. When, he heard, when they heard he'd quit the game, they wept many a tear. One soldier said, Mr. Page, I heard of you since I was a child. I wanted to come home, see you make them batters swing wild. Another said, Mr. Page, I'm blind and I can't see no more. Let me feel your long right arm so I can know if it's really sore. Another sat right up and started crying. Didn't make a sound. Said he'd felt bad all night long with no satchel on the mound. Oh, Satchel! Oh, Satchel! Oh, Satchel Page! You was the best pitcher the good Lord ever made! Oh, Satchel! Oh, Satchel Page! Please pitch some more! The soldier said. I'll do it! Satchel said. If it kills me dead. Oh, Satchel! Oh, Satchel Page. 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 Satchel
He went back to that ballpark where the monarchs were playing, walked out on the field past the coach and the players, bet his life savings he'd strike out the first nine men. You're crazy. You go up on the mound and, and you won't have no use for no money. Is it a bet? You're on. They say the crowd got quiet when he stepped up on the mound. One leg shot up and tipped the sky, and the other held firm to the ground. And he must have thrown his blazer ball, cause there was that whistling sound. There were curved sidearms, overarms, underarms. There were bat jumpers and leap balls, bloopers and loopers, drops and dodges. Page was pitching. Oh, oh, I'll throw a ball that'll split the heart of a dime. I'll pitch and I'll pitch and I won't stop this time. I'll pitch balls, I say, for my old age. Said old Satchel They say he wound up like the first time he pitched his 14 towards Tennessee 25 years back. They say the batters and hard hitters went back into hiding. The doctors shook their heads and gave him up for dead. But he kept pitching round his 12-month season. And one evening in Cleveland, Bill Veck and Lou Bedreau stood by while he threw 50 pitches to a batter. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> 46 strikes out of a possible 50. If you're ready to sign, that puts you on the Cleveland Indians team. I've been ready a long, long time. I know. I know. Too bad they can't see the satchel page the way I used to see you when I was a kid. Slinging only those two kinds of pitches. Fast one and a faster one. <laughs> ah, Jim Crow's cheated sports fans out of a fabulous time. You still got enough. More than enough to show them what they could have seen if they'd have stopped segregation and baseball from the start. Now, how about getting in a uniform? You may not pitch like you used to at all. You still got plenty of juice on the ball. Oh, Satchel. Oh, Satchel Page. Now look here, folks. I'm getting ready to go. Because the rest of my story, you all just about know how the Indians won the pennant and Satch helped steal the show. If you don't believe my story, it's sure enough gospel true. Goes to show baseball legend ain't meant for you. In front of him, fame was always a dangling. Came mighty late for Satch, the gangling. Oh, Satchel. Oh, Satchel Page. The greatest picture my good Lord ever made. Oh, Satchel. Oh, Satchel Page. You have just heard Destination Freedom's dramatization of The Ballad of Satchel Page. Tonight's cast included Jeffrey W. Nicholson, Seth, Vincent C. Robinson, Jan Van Sickle, Donnie L. Betts, Kurt Soderstrom, and Lionel Young as the balladeer, with special musical guests Otis and Cassie Taylor, Foley and musical direction by Brenda Matson, with additional Foley help provided by Gabriel and Jan Van Sickle. The engineers for Ballad of Satchel Page were Darren Gabbert and Mike Pappas. I'm Rodney Franks. Thanks for listening to Destination Freedom Black Radio Days.
Destination Freedom, written by Richard Durham, is produced under the direction of Donnie L. Betts. I'm Oscar Brown, Jr. That concludes this episode of Destination Freedom Black Radio Days. I'm producer-director, Donnie L. Betts. Support for Destination Freedom is provided by the Bonfie Stanford Foundation, the Olympians Fund of the Denver Foundation, Arts and Society, and Karen and Johnny Klein. Destination Freedom Black Radio Days is produced by Donnie L. Betts. The series is remixed by Maurice Smith. Make sure you check us out at NoCredits.com and pick up our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Radio Public, Spotify, etc. Follow us at Twitter at Donnie Betts, hashtag NoCreditsProduction, LLC, hashtag Black Radio Days, hashtag Destination Freedom Black Radio Days. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.